G'day listeners, it's your host Matt here and I'd like to welcome you all to another episode of the Revel Brewing Show. For those of you tuning in for the very first time, we're coming to you from Balimba in Brisbane, Australia and we discuss all aspects of the culture that encapsulates independent craft beer. This week we're throwing it back to the beginning of the Revel story. Once again, we're joined by the gang of Jay, Flex, Dave, Mick and Tony. Crew talk about good people drinking good beer, as well as the logistical challenges in opening up a brewery. While it has been a rewarding experience for all involved, Revel faced many challenges to do with the building, council approvals, and other moving parts that were an uphill battle before the first beer was even poured. If you've ever started a brewery, or you're thinking of doing so, you'll find this one quite an interesting listen. Bit of Dutch courage. Everyone have a beer. Yeah. After eight beers each. Like this place. Well So whenever I walk into here, we got the sign out there that says "Good people drink good beer." We got plenty of good people around here. That's what we always end the podcast with. Um, Tony, do you want to tell us a little bit about what that means to you? Yeah, sure. Uh, I think everyone knows the uh, the quote comes from. Uh, uh, Hunter S. Thompson made the quote famous, um, but it, it's it's everything behind our company. Our company wouldn't be here without good people. I reckon we make pretty good beer, uh, and every time you come into this place, you, you see it on, like you said, Matt, on the on the fence out the front. You see it on every can of ours. Uh, good people drink good beer. You come in here every, every week and see good people drinking beer, and that's really what it's all about. Yeah. So the good people component is kind of what this kind of podcast is about is explaining the, 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 the lads that are behind Revel. Um, and probably one of the things to sh- really talk about for me is um, the early days um, and what it meant to be what we were actually put in to get this thing up and running. Um, I think, Flex, you could probably explain it, um, what it was like in early life. Yeah, early life was um, very, very hectic, to say the least. Um, we were probably working 20 hours or so each day in relation to trying to get this thing up and running uh, for the for the start date. We'd all have our own uh, day jobs, and um, from there we all kind of stepped up and and threw a hat in the ring and turned up here at, at God knows what types of hours and and durations to to help each other out. And uh, try and try and finish this thing and, and get it up and running uh, before the launch date. So uh, that's probably some sort of an essence behind the good people, um, just within our group, that everyone is involved. Um, the nitty gritties, uh, anything from from painting to scraping walls to to going buying coffees while other people scrape walls or something <laughs> like that is or it's, beers. It, yeah or, or beers. There was no beers pouring at the moment at, at that stage. So. But even just a five-minute drive past, because we all lived in the area, drive past, what are you boys up to? I'll grab you some coffees and then come in and have a chit-chat and defrag and, and then move on with the, with the project and things like that. So, um, yeah, the good, good, side of, good side of people are really, really shone um, from that side. So, Just looking up at that wall, and I remember <clears throat> we started work at 6 p.m. after a big day at the day job um, because... There was no revel, there was no income, it couldn't sustain us. We all just had to do it on every little bit that we had left in the other hours of the day. I think Flexi and I were there until like 1.30 a.m. 
stripping paint and bits of plaster bits off the wall in prep for doing the paintwork so the brewery could go in on time. And it was like, it was one of a hundred tasks that we had going and there was nothing left in the tanks. And I just looked over at him and it, it was really, it was, I was in, we were both dead dog tired. And then we look over and there's something happened that was just amazing. And you go, this is why we're doing it. Like it's coming together. We just have to dig deep and go a little bit further. Um, but if it wasn't for that person beside you or being able to talk over the fence to Mark and say, oh, I need to talk, it's all falling apart, <laughs> it never would have got off the ground. Yeah. And that's why when, when we heard that good people drink good beer, it resonated so much. Um, and it's why it's on our wall, it's why it's on our cans. And I think if you continue to do that and you look after your people and we all invest good positive energy into it, good things are going to come from it. Um, mm. That's why the beers taste so fucking awesome. <laughs> and when, when you're in that mode too and you've got, like you said, a hundred things on the list, I bet scraping paint off walls didn't probably actually rank that high in, in the moment. Like that, that micro task of doing that seems, yeah. seems minuscule, but it's just... We have to do it. Yeah, yeah, and especially when you don't know how to scrape paint off the walls properly. Like everything was, we were learning everything. <laughs> yeah, everything was a new lesson. It was, it was um, fresh. It was we'd not done this before. But you know, the cool thing was leaning over to people and Dave. This is a good probably segue to when you hit a roadblock and you go, "Oh crap, I don't know how to do that." There was five other people behind me that probably had some kind of idea or knew someone that did. Um, and a great example of that is um, what dropped on us just after or just before um, we started building. Yeah, yeah. So I guess um, oh, probably one of the one of the things that we probably haven't shared as a brewery too much is a development application sort of process that we went through. Um, it was long and drawn out. Uh, we were eighteen months trying to push through getting a development application to open up our brewery. And then just as we thought we were about to get an approval, um, the conditions for the approval limited us on how much we were actually allowed to produce per annum. Uh, most small breweries in similar sort of areas to us are allowed 200,000 litres per annum uh, in, in accordance with the regulator's uh, guidelines. And just at the 11th hour of us getting our approval, uh, we had it cut back to 60,000 with no understanding on why or anything like that. So to put that in context, that context, that's like three, four months worth of beer producing for us. We opened the doors, we started our business with something that was unsustainable. It was we, doomed to fail. Mm. It was yeah. that phone call <clears throat> was, oh, so this is fascinating. You've been talking to us for about 18 months and we're just, we've never mentioned this, but we're going to give you approval to open, but you're only allowed to produce a third of the beer, a quarter of the beer that you're going to need for the year. I was like, oh, really? So we're going to go bankrupt within three months because after three months, we won't be able to produce any more beer. So how are we going to be a viable business? Um, that same week, <clears throat> we were literally signing the lease, the five-year lease for uh, real estate on Oxford Street in Belimba, which is not cheap. Um, and we'd also negotiated with our head brewer, Matthew Cuthbert, for him to pick up his entire life and move to Queensland from New South Wales with his beautiful fiance. And it was a body shot. It was an absolute body shot. And um, 
for me, I had no idea. Like, I just got a phone call and an email, and I had no idea what this meant. And I was like, wow, this, this thing is pretty much going to just unravel. One phone call to Dave. I said, Dave, this sounds like an approval problem. It, it smells like an emissions issue. <laughs> Would you and your expertise be able to unpack this issue and sort it out? And um... Yeah, so I guess I jumped in and had a look at our development application and sat down with Marky Mark and went through exactly what we proposed to council and how council had assessed our development. And we started to realise that on no fault of councils. They're, they're under time stresses and everything else, just like the rest of us. Yep. They didn't fully understand what a small brewery is. They're, they're used to looking at the big multinational-owned breweries across the river. Mm. They're, they're used to the big industrial sort of facilities. So Mark and I sort of stripped it back down, tried to put a little bit more educational sort of piece into a reapplication to council. And yeah, we we just explained that it's a small brewery, there are there are emissions, but we've got controls to try and manage that. We our kettle has a condensing unit on it to try and reduce emissions and recapture those before sending them out. Um, we, we manage when and how often we brew. Uh, any of our emissions from our fermenters are... So what we said to them in technical terms is, it's quite a pleasant smell and it smells like (laughs) porridge. (laughs) (laughs) And there we go, we got approval. Who doesn't like porridge? (laughs) But I was in here last week and I I was like, I was here and there on a brew day for the first time ever. Man, it smells like a bakery first thing in the morning. It's amazing. So good. (laughs) Biscuits and porridge. It's delicious. But I think, and Dave's articulating, is that by no fault of the regulatory... Um, they just there was a lack of understanding there, um, and then so by all the team, the whole team here just rallied and got behind it, and we have two engineers that just knocked it out of the park, created that common understanding, and we got our approvals. But something really kind of beautiful happened at the end of that. And fast forwarding a little bit, we opened the doors. Um, you know, three months later, we got the approvals that Dave, you know, and, and Mark worked for. So we saw an opportunity to have a conversation with the government, and we took it. One of the bits of feedback we gave them, and we're sitting around the table with like eight other um, breweries from Queensland, they all shared a very similar story. And it wasn't, <clears throat> it wasn't an aggressive one or an angry one, it was, hey, we went through some tr- struggles that nearly sunk our company, but when we created common understanding, everything was all fine. So that conversation at, over a dinner um, and a, a pairing of food and really great independent craft beer in Queensland turned it into something that got legs on its own it got driven by the uh, uh, IBA, the um, Independent Brewers Association uh, chapter in Queensland. And what eventuated was um, Queensland government creating a craft beer strategy for growth in Queensland. Um, and one of the key outcomes for that was creating better understanding in the regulatory authorities about what small independent breweries are and what they're definitely not. So you don't apply an oil refinery kind of template to something that's more comparable to a bakery that smells like porridge in the morning when it's doing its thing. And that was a really, really great outcome. And for us um, and me personally, I think um, starting a business and uh, going through all those problems and then watching that turn into something so fruitful that will help all of the other great breweries that are um, currently out there and expanding and the ones that are up and coming, um, 
as that comes to fruition and those outcomes get actioned, I think it's going to be an amazing thing. It's really, it's really awesome to be part of that. So it's definitely a case of um, rising tides lifting all ships in this in this scenario. Absolutely, that's a fantastic analogy. <laughs> <laughs> There's a ship up there. Yeah, yeah, I was there thinking is. about yeah. the old shipwright. So I guess um, from being around you guys uh, a little bit now, um, being around the brewery and listening to to what you guys are talking about here, there's there's real like economical challenges in actually opening up a brewery. I mean, the idea is amazing. The idea is great. Um, you know, when everyone speaks about craft beer, it's it's in such good light. But it, it seems like actually taking that plan and making that work has very real economical challenges. Yeah, definitely. Uh... As we've all said, uh, we heard beer and pizza and thought, great, let's throw all the money we don't have at it and uh, it'll just work out. But it's uh, not quite that easy. Um, I remember there was a, at the very, very start, uh, this, this brewery we're sitting in now was an empty husk of a furniture store and we were sitting in the old office on the benches and Jay said to us, he said, I don't know if we can afford the pizza oven. And we were like looking at him going, you said beer and pizza. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't think we can afford it. <laughs> and, and like that, that's literally how, how it started was, could we have a pizza oven or not? That's, that's how down to the wire it got. Well, I think, and, I think just adding to that though, we'd actually bought the pizza oven. Yeah. Mm. Jay was saying we might need to sell it in order to try and get this brewery up and running. Um, yeah. that's, how, that's how close the economics were at the start. G'day listeners, it's your host Matt here again and I just want to say a quick thank you for listening to this episode. We'd love to hear your feedback, so please feel free to reach out to us on our Facebook page at Revel Brewing Co. Balimba or send us a DM on Instagram. Our handle is at Revel Brewing Co., all one word. Again, if you like what you're hearing, remember to subscribe on your podcast player to stay in the loop. If you're from the local Brisbane area, we'd love to see you in the brewery sometime in Oxford Street, Balimba. Until next time, remember... Good people drink good beer.